wonder what success actually means? How do you get it? And how do you keep it? We all want it, yet sometimes it feels only some of us get to have it. Hi, Teresa and Blair here. We are two badass entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, coaches, and business mentors who have had success, felt success, questioned our own success, and reclaimed it. Let's be real for a hot minute. 2020 has been a roller coaster ride, and many of us have started to wonder if they'll lose the things that made them successful. So we got curious, raw and real about what success is truly about. Can you put it in a box? How can you get it? Can people take it away, or are you the one with the power? Does it mean the same to all of us, or are we the ones that create it? From PGA golf pros to doctors, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and spiritual mentors. We get together to meet with successful people from around the globe to dissect success through vibrant conversations and interviews. Make sure you click the subscribe button on the App Store because each week we will drop a new episode to bust through the myths around success and dissect its true meaning. Welcome back to another episode of Dissecting Success. It's me. Blair Kaplan Venables, and I'm here with two fabulous humans, Teresa Lambert, my fabulous podcast co-host. She's also here, and we are here with Crystal Adair Benning. Did I say it right? You did. Okay, you nailed I was it. like, oh no, the deer. I was no, like, you got it. Okay, so I love her. She's a word magician, story supercharger, copywriter and ghostwriter for Rebels, Misfits, and world-changing humans. You know, I absolutely love her. I'm going to drop her bio bio below. She's so super impressive. And I just, I I don't want to just read the bio because you can just like click on the show notes. But what I fucking love about her is that I just met her in June. I was in New York for all sorts of things, including a mastermind with Selena Sue, who's one of my mentors. And Crystal just so happened to also come to Selena Sue's mastermind. And we happened to be sitting together for the day. We hit it off. (laughs) I learned that she's also a Canadian, also lives in British Columbia. In fact, just down the highway and a ferry over. Pretty much. Not just that, In this September, I'm going to be leading a workshop at Camp Tailwind. And she saw that and she's like, yo, I'm going to be there too. And so because it's summer camp for female entrepreneurs, I've, of course, I requested that you're my bunk mate. But, you know, when we uh, were sitting in the mastermind throughout the day, every time she spoke, I was just completely like cast under her spell. And what I love about her is that she's a multiple New York Times bestselling ghost writer and a formal, uh, basically a former highly sought after luxury event planner. So she is a Jill of all trades. She is a crystal of all trades and just very fascinating to me, especially because every time I see her on social media, she's somewhere else in the world, Mexico, Kelowna, New York, who knows where, Ontario, where in the world is Crystal hanging out? Anyways, Crystal, welcome. Hello, hello. I'm I'm just the crystal corn. I'm the traveling crystal corn. It's great. Crystal porn. Oh, sorry. I got to say something really funny. It has nothing to do with crystal. Did you say corn or corn? I said corn like a unicorn. I was like, I'm like, sure corn. Corn. That was what I was thinking. I was like, what? Wait, this corn conversation, corn. this took a turn. It's early a.m. 
There wasn't enough coffee. You know what? This is how you know what's meta. As we're having a conversation. Words matter. So crystal porn, not crystal porn. But the where I was going with that is I just recently got sucked into TikTok. And somehow I the algorithm is showing me all these live videos of crystal factories where people like put their order and they're doing these live pickings, like, oh, here's some amethyst. Oh my God. Blair just made an order. Oh my God, what you gonna get? And I literally the other day was watching it for 20, 20 minutes straight. And I was like, and I was like, this is crystal porn. It is. Also, I'm obsessed and I'm I clearly am on the same algorithm as you because I get that shit. And I was debating this morning, like at like 5 a.m. when I couldn't sleep. I was like, maybe I should order some and like watch them pick it for me. That could be fun. Yeah. And I was just like, I also got kind of hooked into some ASMR or AMSR. ASMR. I don't know. Weird whispers and tickles. And anyways, Crystal Corn, welcome. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for having me. We're all the magician. way across the ferry and a couple highways. We're good. And you know, Teresa was in Whistler now, like she's recording today from Toronto. So Amazing. here we are. Um, so Crystal, let's dive in. What is or what does success mean to you? I think my version of success has completely changed over the years. You know, had you asked me before, it was like a number in my bank account, it was like the house, the car, the things. Now success for me is the happiness metric. Do I get up every day doing shit I want to do that I'm super fucking happy about? Am I lit up because I had a great conversation, a great coffee, a great chat with somebody, a great piece of work? Like success for me is a happiness metric now. It's like if I am like ripe and juicy and happy as shit, that's success. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love, I love the money in my bank account. I'm like not denying that, but I use it now more for my happiness. So um, doing the work that I love to do, making money allows me to do things that make me happy, like travel the world. Like where in the world is Crystal today is kind of like my favorite fucking game to play because I get up, I look at flights and I'm like, hmm. Why not go to Colorado next week? Like, it seems like a cool place or, hey, I haven't been to Fiji yet. Let's just book that trip. That seems cool. The happiness metric is being able to do the things I want to do because it just lights me up and makes me happy. So that's success for me now. So fun. I love this. I really love this because I think to the big thing that so many entrepreneurs get wrong is that they go in it with this idea of like even entrepreneurship and success and everything is about the money. And then with the money comes the happiness and the joy and the freedom and all of that. And the realization that I feel like so many of us have is that when we start to prioritize the happiness, when we start to prioritize the joy and the pleasure and actually say, this is what I want my life to feel like and to be like, and we start doing more of those things, we become a person that actually attracts and opens themselves up to all the worldly success. So you end up making the money that funds your lifestyle. So you can do all these things. And that is the coolest shit ever. Totally. Like, I like the fact that I can buy crystals and afford them and not have to worry about it. 
I like that I can buy flights. Yeah. I I can go on TikTok and pay somebody to like pick out my fucking crystals just for shits and giggles. (laughs) Like, I like that stuff. And I mean, for me, you know, my backstory is that, and this is not part of the bio, but it's the backstory. I was terminally ill four four times in my life. I've been terminally ill. I had cancer three times and almost died. I was terminally ill. They told me I was going to kick it. I didn't kick it. Then I got pancreatitis really bad, um, ended up having to have my gallbladder removed, was like put into palliative care. They thought I was going to kick it. I'm still fucking here. That changes a human. That changes like fundamentally what success is. I was a sought after luxury wedding and event planner. My game, like the name of my game was luxury weddings. I traveled across the globe for clients to celebrate love. And everybody thought it was the best fucking job in the world. Like, how could you ever leave it? Da, da, da. It was the most stressful job in the world. I was on 24 seven for two decades. My phone never left my hand. I destroyed a marriage. I went bankrupt. I got terminally ill multiple times. And I finally woke the fuck up on the, it took me four times, guys. Like I don't learn lessons easy. All right. Like it took me four times before I was finally like enough of this shit. I'm out. And it was all a conversation that ironically was catapulted by an oncologist. My oncologist looked at me the fourth time and said, if you don't quit your fucking job, you're going to die. Your job is literally killing you. Are you prepared to die for this work? And the answer was no, I was not prepared to die for a bride in a goddamn dress. No offense to my brides. They were rad, but there's no fucking way I'm going down over some bitch's dress that was not my own. Fuck that. So I quit. I literally decided I had no other plan. I quit. I dropped my job hardcore at that point, said I'm out. I was newly married. My husband was used to my like cushy six-figure job. He called it cushy. I called it stress. Whatever. He was, he was terrified. I would just like walked into the house one day and was like, I quit. I'm not fucking doing this anymore. I'm gonna, I'm gonna die. And he's like, what are you gonna do? And I was like, oh, I didn't have a plan. <laughs> there was no plan, guys. Like, Success. There was no plan. I was like, I'm giving up my six figure job in the middle of a pandemic. It's going to be rad. Don't worry. I'll figure it out. And all I did was I spent three days like wandering. I went to the beach. I went to the forest. I did like all the things that a very lost human looking for answers does. Prayed to God. I don't remember the last time I prayed to God, but I remember getting on my knees when I quit my job to be like, dear God, what have I done? (laughs) What the hell do I fucking do next? And the answer came intuitively, like it always does. When you just slow the fuck down and stop freaking out, the answer shows up. And I was sitting in a forest, literally sitting in a forest because I had nowhere to go. I didn't have a job sitting in a forest and I'm going, okay, you know, if I need to make money tomorrow, what would I do? Like simple question. What would I do if I had to make money tomorrow? And the answer was, you'd write. You've always been a writer. You've written New York Times bestsellers. You've done this in the background for a million years. It's the only thing you ever actually fucking love to do. Like if somebody was to destroy me, you'd have to like cut out my brain and cut off my hands and then I'd be fucked. Like If you want to know how to destroy me, that would be it. Because my brain to this hand has always been a way for me to make money. 
And so the simple answer was, bitch, it's literally right in front of you. Fucking pick up a pen and start writing. And I got this intuitive hit to send seven emails. This is three days after I quit. Seven emails was what my intuition said to send. And I was like, to who? Right? Like, we want the intuition to give us like the guidebook. There is no fucking guidebook. It just said seven emails. I had to interpret what the fuck seven emails meant. But it meant seven emails to seven people who I felt that I could actually serve, that I could help, that I could do something with. And so I sent those seven emails. Six of them came back right away and said, I'll fucking hire you. I've never actually seen your writing, but I'll fucking hire you. I trust you. You've done my events for years. You've produced incredible things. If you have even a smidgen of the talent you have for events, I'm in. I'm so fucking in. Those six clients doubled my income for my event job in three months. And I went, there's the answer. Your intuition just guided you to what was right. You just listened. You just slowed down enough to finally fucking listen. And what if I had done that a decade back when I'd started going, oh God, weddings are stressful. And by the way, it's killing me. What do I do now? So for me, I feel like I lucked into success I mean, I had great success. I was sought after. I like my ego was stroked every day with people telling me how rad I was and getting on stages and talking to incredible humans that people like, uh, but I wasn't lit up by it. I wasn't fulfilled by it. I would come home every day at the end of the day and be like, well, if it's not a three course catered meal, I don't feel like it's good enough. <laughs> right. Suddenly your box of mac and cheese is very exciting. And whoa, 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 like whoa. That. whoa. Mac and cheese is always exciting, Crystal. Yeah, heads up. Have you ever put cream in it? Like heavy cream? No, because I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> oh, damn, girl. If you weren't lactose intolerant, heavy cream is a game changer in mac and cheese. Or do it old school like my mom and just put a cut of hot dogs. Like trailer, trailer back is my fave. Oh my God. Okay, fave. Crystal, I want to talk about something because I'm navigating some health stuff and it's... Okay. So, and I've been doing a lot of thinking because my life has been very stressful, like probably since I was a kid, yep. but the last couple of years with like navigating like significant loss has been stressful and mm-hmm. I've been not feeling well. And I was in the ER uh, a couple weeks, no, last week I was in the ER and I yep. learned that I had a four and a half centimeter ovarian cyst. Um, and now I'm going down investing, like investigating it. And I'm all about, I'm, I'm in the woo, right? I'm a woo woo Jew. I like mm-hmm. science and I like the woo and 100%. a lot of, you know, I've been, I know there's a lot of things that happen in life, like stress that cause illness and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, your body, you know, when things feel right and when they don't. And I'm doing just a lot of like learning and listening and insight. But I want to ask you, you know, because you actually almost died, not once, not twice, not thrice, but four times, which is bananas. Like yeah. you were palliative care. Like, yeah, I, okay. I'm like, I, I'm literally like crystal corn. Like my husband jokingly refers to me as a unicorn in all things. Cause he's oh like God. shit that would kill other people. You're still fucking kicking. I don't like, get it. I'm just so, I feel so lucky to like be your new friend that I've decided that I'm your new friend, but I'm of happy. Course that, we are. Yeah. Um, I want to know because that wedding job, super yeah. stressful. And it was a few years ago that you took what you were doing on the side, which was writing and made it your full-time mm-hmm. thing. Yep. Do you notice a big difference internally in your body, in your mind. Like, oh, dude, can you walk us through? It's like, like, it's yeah. like night and fucking day. So, when my immune system was activated all the time, like my parasympathetic, my sympathetic nerve system, like everything was fucking activated all the time. There was no off switch. It was like being on a TV show 24 fucking seven with me. 
There was no off switch. I didn't know how to turn it off. I didn't sleep well. I didn't eat well. I mean, like for me, eating was like, how fast can I fucking shove it in my mouth before the next client has a problem that I have to deal with? Right? Like food never had an enjoyment level to it. Food was a necessary evil. And the faster you could serve it to me, the faster I could eat it, the more I would. I didn't gain weight uh, because I wanted to gain weight. I gained it because I ate like a trucker that had a five minute truck stop every, you know, 24 hours, right? I became a binge eater. So on top of being sick, I was literally making my body sick. Like my body tried everything to tell me to slow the fuck down, right? Binge eating, chronic anxiety, depression, um, mysterious illnesses. Like mine started with a lot of mystery things that would happen to me, right? I got the, like essentially what looked like mumps or measles, but was never diagnosed, but it actually paralyzed me in university. I actually went through like six months of full paralyzation from the waist down where I couldn't fucking move and no doctor could diagnose it. They just said it was rheumatoid arthritis. Really? That's, that's your best fucking guess here. Okay, cool. Thanks. I went to naturopaths. I went to Chinese doctors. I went to, um, acupuncture, chiropractic, like you name it. I fucking did it in the search for my own health, thinking that there would be this one pill, this one thing, this one thing that would just change everything. And the truth was it wasn't one fucking thing. It was everything. I was doing all the things wrong. I was married in an unhappy marriage because we got married. Like we hit that three-year mark and literally went like, what the fuck are we doing? Are we getting married? Or are we not? And it was like, well, I guess we'll get married. So we got married young. It did not start well. It did not end well. He's a rad human. He just wasn't my human. He wanted babies and I wanted books. Like we had totally different beliefs. So the marriage wasn't working. Financially, I made a million dollars and then I got desperately ill and started like throwing money at my health to fix it. And I lost everything. I lost it. I had a million bucks and by the time I was done, I was filing for fucking bankruptcy. My body and my life literally started to go to shit because I couldn't figure out that all I needed to do was handle the stress. And the thing I had to do to handle that stress was to leave the fucking job. Like there was no other option. And I kept searching for an option going, but I'm really good at it because my ego kept getting stroked over and over. You're so talented. You're amazing. You're the best planner I've ever had, blah, blah, blah. My ego kept getting stroked and my ego wouldn't let me walk away. I didn't want to leave the top of the fucking pile, right? When the truth was that I was killing myself in an effort to stay at the top of the pile, to keep that crown took so much effort and so much energy. And I remember feeling bloated all the time and exhausted all the time and stressed out. Like I looked very calm on the outside, but inside it was just like inner turmoil 24 seven. Like I, I remember years of waking up in the middle of the night and sitting straight up in bed because I was having a panic attack over something that hadn't even fucking happened right? Oh my God, my client's chairs aren't going to show up. Oh my God, the bride's dress is going to have a wrinkle. Oh my God, my client hates me. None of that shit actually ever happened. But that was the stress and anxiety level I, I worked in 24-7. And when I finally made the decision to say no, 
and and quit, right? It was really interesting because I like I can still like picture that day in my mind. I was working with one particular client at the time and only one client at the time. Um, I had switched from weddings into events. I was working with one specific client and to everybody outwardly, it was like the job. People knew me for this job. I was well-known. There were thousands of people that knew what I did and were like cheering me on. And I knew in myself that if I didn't quit, I was going to die. Like I felt it so inherently. The pressure to be perfect, the pressure to lose the weight and look like everybody else in the company, the pressure to, you know, have flawless skin and perfect hair and teeth. Like that was part of that, that community. That's what they wanted. And I could like, even just the pressure of that was starting to get to me and starting to kill me. And the day I made up my mind, it didn't, it actually came really easily. It was like, do you want to die fighting for perfection or do you just want to fucking be perfect just as you are? And the decision got really easy. And I went to my then employer and said, I think I'm wasting my time here. And I think I'm wasting your money. Not that I'm not doing a great job. I am, but I just, you don't need me and I don't need you anymore. So this relationship just needs to end. I need to do something else for me. Um, I won't say that it was the easiest thing in the world, but the second I got off that phone call, I actually felt like, I felt like, what's the, what's the Disney movie? The girl that like carries the heavy weight. Come on, help me out. Who knows what I'm talking about? It's Encanto. Anyway, in Encanto, I think it's Louisa. Louisa's the sister that carries the weight on her fucking shoulders of the house all the time. I legit felt like I tossed a fucking house off of my shoulders and went, holy shit, for the first time in two decades, I can fucking breathe again. There's nobody going to call me at two o'clock in the morning. There's no like email that I'm going to pick up that is going to feel so detrimental that I have to cut off my vacation or not take a vacation because holy shit, the world might end. And I learned in that instant that boundaries are my best friend. Boundaries are my best friend. My clients know it. I write incredible copy. It is given a timeline and a deadline and we stick to it. And there are boundaries. I don't work weekends anymore. Guys, I spent two decades not having a fucking weekend ever, ever, never having a weekend, working every birthday, every holiday. And I was like, I don't work birthdays. I don't work holidays. And I definitely don't work weekends anymore. Fuck it. Nope. My rules, my game, my rules. This is the rule. And my body just kind of relaxed and went, oh, fuck, we can breathe again. It was the first time I remember taking a deep breath. And that shift, like Blair, I'm so excited for you to figure out what the shift is for you because my life feels totally different. I feel at ease now. I don't wake up with anxiety anymore. I like actually build time into my schedule to step outside and like see the sun, see the moon if I want, like I build that time in, my body doesn't feel bloated. My body doesn't feel inflamed. It doesn't feel infected anymore. My skin's cleared up. Uh, My weight has actually dropped. Like my body feels like a new human. It is regenerated. And part of that came from doing the work, but it also came from doing the right work. So in that spiritual realm, um, one of the things that I got really connected to was I never felt like a woman. I felt like a woman's body behaving and acting like a man in my business. 
right? Like I had to be on 24 seven. It was like straight up testosterone, run, 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 power, 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 push, push, push all the time. And I was like, I feel like there's some work here that I need to do around my feminine. Like, and I remember the first time I walked into a, a healer's office and she's like, so tell me about your womb space. And I looked at her like she fucking lost her mind because in my world she had. And I was like, what womb space? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I was like, I've never had kids. What are you talking about? Like, there is no womb space. And she's like, oh, let's start there. And what we did was a combination of womb massage, shadow healing, and yoni reclamation work which was all to get me in touch with my feminine, which was all about flow. And the second she did it, my creativity soared through the roof. My hormones balanced out. My body started reacting better. Now when something's wrong, because let's face it, like it's not like, oh, I'm healed. Nothing's ever going to go wrong again. It doesn't work like that. But now when something is wrong, I intuitively feel it and feel deeply connected to it and can go, oh shit, I got to heal that. Okay. And healing is a long-term process. It's not like you do one thing and it stops. Like it's always a long-term process, but now I'm more in tune to be able to go, Hey, that sign that my body is giving me right now, I should probably listen to it right now, not wait 10 years and have misdiagnoses and like male doctors, especially looking at me like I'm fucking nuts when I tell them like, Hey, sex shouldn't hurt. Actually, I had male doctors that for five years told me there was no, like it was, it was my problem, not, it wasn't a medical issue. And I was like, cool. And then I started working with healers that showed me that like sex doesn't have to hurt. Your body shouldn't be in pain all the time. You shouldn't feel bloated. That heaviness, I don't know about you, but like I felt heaviness in my lower body for years. And I have met a healer who's like, no, your body should not feel heavy. Like your body should not feel heavy. Like everything should feel light and like airy. Like that's the way women are meant to feel, not this dense heaviness. And I was like, I feel heavy. Now I feel like a fucking hot air balloon. I'm like, hello, let me go, let me play. So like, I'm so excited for the journey because like now life feels totally different. Life feels way more at ease. It's not that I don't have stressful moments, but one of the tools that I employ is that emotion is just energy in motion, right? It's a feeling in motion. And 17 seconds, it's a choice. If you hold an emotion for longer than 17 seconds, you are making a fucking choice. The reaction initially, you don't have a choice. That just happens naturally. Your body's like, I'm reacting to this. But 17 seconds after it initially occurs, if you continue to hold it, you're making a fucking choice. So if I feel rage and I hold it longer than 17 seconds, I'm making a choice to hold rage. Dude, that's not cool. So now I stop and every time I feel an emotion, I come from curiosity. Why is this making me fucking ragey? Like, why is that pissing me off? And then I make a new choice. Okay, fuck it. I'm not going to choose rage. Instead, I'm going to choose curiosity and I'm going to experience it and move through it. And that started to make these incredible shifts in me and my business. So now, even if I got an email from a client who was like, I'm not super happy with this copy, instead of being like super offended and like, fuck you, I worked so hard on it. My brain goes, huh, that's curious. I wonder what about it they don't like. Let's dig into that for a second. Let's figure out what the problem is. And oftentimes it's not the copy. It's something 
inside of them that they don't align with that we need to change. Or it's like one word that they got hung up on. Something silly, right? But in like old crystal, old thick crystal would have been like fix, hyper fixated on it. And that would have been my entire world for an entire day, one word. And now I'm just like, well, what's really the problem? Let's just explore that. And 17 seconds can change anything. That was a lot. I diatribe. Sorry, ladies. Go. Don't be sorry. I was just like fascinated listening to you and also can so relate because I was burned out as fuck as mm -hmm. a hotel GM mm. running a luxury boutique hotel. And uh, that's my story. And that's ultimately what got me into entrepreneurship was that mm. I had enough and that I wanted to do something different. But I, um, I so relate to being in this state where you have the success and you look like you have all your shit together and you somehow manage to show up and show up and show up while on the inside you're a like train wreck that is literally just somehow figuring out how to put the wheels back on to make it to the next train station just in time yeah. and that is like what it feels like internally and so I can so relate and I love that you share that because I think what a lot of people really need to hear these days because the hustle culture is still thriving and you know we've all been taught that the harder you work and the more you work and the more disciplined you are and the more this and that you are the the faster you achieve and the faster you can make it and yeah like work is required to build businesses like without a doubt like 100%. you're gonna have to put some effort in but there's different ways we can do it and it's not worth sacrificing our health and our mental and emotional well-being for anything because if you to your point in your story right like you ended up experiencing bankruptcy and like all these other things along with it because you were in a state of distress and your body so taxed you didn't have the capacity to maintain or hold your success and I think this is something that's so important it's not just about getting there and making it work it's about yeah. being able to actually hold it and maintain it and not in that way, right? And so for me personally, I relate so much to feeling like it's just never fucking enough. Like, and just like- I, Like it got so much. So I remember my career, like my career started before social media existed, all right? I'm showing my fucking age, whatever. My career started before social media existed. And to a certain extent, I feel like we got away with a lot more stuff before social, before social media existed, right? Because like, I got married. I, you know, I got married. I started my divorce. I filed for bankruptcy. I was sick before social media ever existed. So I never had to explain why suddenly Crystal didn't have as much hair. I never had to explain why, you know, I had assistants that were showing up and doing my events and I wasn't on site anymore. I didn't have to go through that experience during social media to, so like to a certain extent, life was a little bit easier. What I think is interesting now is the burnout gets har harder with social media because so many of us want to put on that perfect face. We only want to show the perfect shit. We only want us to show ourselves with perfect makeup and perfect hair and the perfect job and all the best parts of what we do. And we forget to fucking show the shitty shit. We don't show the shitty shit. And you know what's interesting? I think the shitty shit is actually where our passion and power lies. 
You know, I can teach you how to write great copy. I can also show you the days when I want to take this pink pen and stab myself in the eye a thousand times because I've written the same sentence 82 times and I still can't get the right phrasing and it sucks. And, but I mean, that's the truth. I'm a professional copywriter who gets paid to write copy and some days it doesn't fucking flow. And some days it's hard. And some days I have to use other tools. And some days I have to reach out to other humans and be like, I'm stuck on this one sentence, please. For the love of God, can you just help me with one sentence? Can you just do this? But when we don't show the shit, when we don't show our lives that way, when we decide to stand up and be so perfect, we are actually killing ourselves. We are adding the stress to our like to our ultimate destruction. And so one of the things that I advocate when I work with clients and talk about their copy is being fucking human. You don't always have to show up with perfect makeup. In fact, ladies, I love y'all. It's like eight o'clock in the morning here. There is no makeup. I barely got my coffee together. Like this is how we roll today, right? And I'm still here showing up and I'm still, I could teach a class. I could talk on a stage today and I would feel no shame about it because I'm fucking human. I showed up and I did the thing. Like I'm even showing you part of my bra today. Like I don't look fucking put together because I'm not. I got up this morning when I'm doing a podcast and I got to get my shit together because I got to show up. But showing up doesn't have to mean like six hours of makeup and my hair and like organizing a backdrop. The shit you see behind me, that's actually just where I live. Yo. And if my dog walks through and takes a pee, like, so what? Welcome to real life. That's what happens. You know, I love this because like literally like Teresa, I'm very proud of her because she's starting to like show her vulnerability a lot more on social, but I literally show up like what you see is what you get and you get all of me. And I probably share like the shitty shit just as much as the, you know, pretty shiny stuff. And I think that's really important. And that's a huge part of storytelling. It is. A huge part of storytelling. Like, look at look at all the stories that we've talked about today. And I, I know that I talk a lot about this in what I teach. It's like, what's your why? How did you get here? We don't want to just see the pretty polished stuff. We want to see the mess. We want to know the hard work that goes in to everything that you're doing to build what you're building to get you out of bed every morning. And yeah. it's okay if it changes, you know. And it's it's really interesting that we, you know, this conversation came to this point. Um, you know, cause you and Teresa just met and it's interesting cause she talks a lot about the masculine and the feminine energy and she's in like this really big life, like switch wow. right now. I'm, I'm telling your story. Maybe you should just like, I'll pass it. Here's, here's the baton. Here's the mic back. Here's the baton. Oh my God. Well, I'm like, where's she going with this? I'm like, but uh, like Blair's such a good narrator of like my life like she she does this on the podcast and I'm always like I'm so fascinated like she's telling my life story I love it um no I mean I am in Toronto right now it's it's almost midday here so like I've been up for hours um already but uh no like I am literally just on the like this is the last week of finalizing all the things in my um separation and and I finally got my passport application in after waiting for six hours in line on Tuesday after seven months of trying oh there's the password people won't be able to see the video but um yeah like it's been like it's been crazy like the last uh, four months May 2nd was the day I I decided I was I was done to to after 16 years I ended my like can we just celebrate that shit because so many women especially don't make the hard fucking decision and they don't make the decision for themselves they make it for other people right? 
totally and, and you know I, I think too with what you said and and uh you know with with sort of everything that I've been through too I think realizing too that when you are willing to really make the choices mm -hmm. that move you towards that joy the happiness the mm -hmm. fulfillment and the satisfaction it also often requires to be willing to let go well it always requires you to be willing to let go of the shit that doesn't work anymore and sometimes those things are big and it started with my career in hotels and it started with your career as an event planner and it was marriages and it was things like and sometimes it's 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 other things that we have to let go that are ways of being that are destructive to our mm -hmm. well-being and you shared so much of that so i would love to know as we're wrapping this up um what's a piece one piece of advice that you would give somebody that's maybe on their path that want to be able to go from success being about money and status and titles and how many hours you can work to actually being fucking happy. Oh gosh. I mean, there's so many killer moments. I think trust your intuition is probably my biggest piece of advice. It's, and it's the piece that I struggled with for so long. Like my intuition kept telling me, do this, change it, change it, change it. And I refuse to listen. I let my ego run the show instead of my intuition. Um, and when I started tapping into my intuition, my intuition never leads me wrong. Y'all, I met and married my current husband in a month because the second I met him, my intuition was like, that's your husband. And I was like, okay, if you say that's my husband, that's my husband. Best decision I ever made. We're going on three years in like another couple of weeks best decision ever marrying that man, incredible intuition guide me. If my intuition can guide me to the love of my life in an instant, why can't I trust my intuition to guide me when it comes to my career, when it comes to my friend choices, when it comes to my travel, when it comes to my life? Why? Right. And so many of us get stuck going like, we get these nudges and we forget. Like, I think so many of us aren't tapped into what intuition actually is. Intuition's just a fucking nudge. It's a nudge. It's no different than seeing numbers and going, huh, I wonder what it means when I always see, you know, 1111. Let me go Google it. Weird. I saw this animal that I never see, or this animal keeps showing up for me. Let me go Google what that animal means. Like, I don't always know what it means. My friends refer to me as Snow White because I receive a lot of my communication directly from animals. Okay. True story. I'm a, I'm what I refer to as a green witch. Almost all of my intuition, all of my guidance comes in nature. So if I'm sitting here in my office, I don't feel or hear as much as if I go out into the fucking world, get away from humans a little bit, sit by a goddamn tree or go sit at the beach and listen to some waves. That's where I get my intuition because it's the place where my brain my ADHD brain literally slows down long enough to hear and feel and see and notice the nudges that are being given to me every single day. As we were having our conversation, deer walked by my office. This happens all the time. Deer show up for me. Why? Deer are about femininity. They're about tapping into your spirituality and your intuition. Deer fucking show up for me every single time. I feel like, ah, I don't know what the next thing I should do is. They'll show up. What is that thing for you? Is it the nudge? Is it, is it an animal? Is it a number? Is it just this, like, I have this idea and you can't get it out of your mind. It keeps showing up or somebody starts, you know, you overhear a conversation where somebody says something that you're like, oh, that's really interesting. Then all of a sudden you pick up a book and, oh, that's weird. The same thing is in that book. 
you start being drawn to things. There's a reason you're drawn to things. There's a reason to follow. I call it following my curiosity, right? Because that seems less intimidating to people than intuition. I just follow my curiosity. If I get a nudge to try something, I'll try it. If I don't, I don't. But trusting that becomes like the catalyst to opening up so much more stuff and, and finding your happiness. I mean, now, like I got up this morning, I woke up at 3.30 a.m. For the record, that does not happen in my world normally. Like I, I like my sleep. But at 3.30 a.m., I got up and I was pulled to go sit outside. Something kept telling me there's something in the stars you need to see right now. And I was like, stars? I don't know what you're talking about. I walked out. It was the most clear, beautiful sky I've ever seen. Like I've never seen stars so bright in my entire fucking world. And I was like, wow, that's really fascinating. And as I'm standing there, there's this giant animal that's in my backyard moving around. And I was like, well, that's interesting. Why would it have taken me outside to see this giant animal and I'm standing there and it's a fucking bear walking through my backyard. Bear energy. Beautiful. Google the spiritual meaning of bear. I got my answer. The nudge was go outside because there's a fucking bear sitting in your backyard and you're going to see it because it's under the stars. And if the stars hadn't been so bright, there's no way I could have seen the bear. It would have been in the darkness. I couldn't have seen this bear if I didn't go out on this morning with those stars to see that bear. So I'm getting a nudge to do something that tells me what the next step is. And for me, I'm about to relaunch a website. I'm about to relaunch new programs. Bear energy is all about stepping into confidence, being able to stand on stages and speak confidently and speak your truth and stand in that spiritual totem. That's incredible for me because that's what I need. Because for so much of my life, like even as I'm about to launch new things, and we do this as entrepreneurs, right? But to launch something new and we're terrified. Like, uh, I don't know if people can handle this. I'm not sure I can handle it. And when I followed my intuition, my intuition's like, you fucking got this. Like, let me just stroke your back a little, rub your hair, tell you, you got this. You're great. And people are going to love it. Go forth. That's the power of stepping into it. And, you know, for me, intuition, you know, intuitiveness, nudges, those lead me to the things that bring me the most joy. You know, if I'm, if I hear in my head, you have to go to a certain store today, I'll go to a certain store. Or if it's like, go give your husband a hug, I'll go give my husband a hug. Like I just listen to it now and just follow it. Not blind obedience, but definitely in a, in a source of curiosity, like, well, why are you putting me in this place and to do this thing? Don't know until I do it. So guess we're going to try it and see what happens. And the most beautiful things start to occur and start to shift. And life feels so much easier when you feel like you're guided right? I was never super spiritual. I was never the person that was like a hardcore Christian or Catholic or Buddhist or like Muslim. I, I didn't have what I would refer to as faith in a deity, a God of some sort. And I didn't understand people that did. And then I married into a very Christian family. And what I recognized was that their version of God is my version of spirit guiding me. So they call it God, I call it spirit. And it's the same fucking thing. It's the idea that I'm not alone and something else is out there helping me make the right decisions from day to day, from moment to moment. They just call it something different than I do, but it's the same thing. Yeah. 
So powerful. Oh my God, Crystal, we need to have you come back because we didn't even get to some of the questions I wanted to ask you. So we're going to have to have you back because I, I, you know, you're a wealth of knowledge and inspiration to many. And thank you so much um, for everything, all the knowledge, opening up your soul to us. I love that we didn't know where this conversation was going to go. I thought we were going to talk about New York Times bestseller. So we'll have to have you back. Um, next time. But I, I I think this is such an important conversation and it's applicable to so many people and to everyone. So um, on behalf of me and Teresa, I want to thank you so much for coming on Dissecting Success with us. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to another episode. You know what? Follow Crystal, her social links and bio, everything's below or in the show notes. She's amazing. Um, and I'm just so excited to share her gift with all of you, which is her presence, her energy, her creativity. And until next time, peace. That's a wrap for another episode of Dissecting Success. Enjoyed this episode? Make sure to subscribe to Blair Kaplan Venables and Teresa Lambert's podcast, Dissecting Success on the App Store. And follow us on Instagram at Teresa Lambert Coaching and Blair from Blairland to stay up to date on our latest episodes, badass offers, and more.